You're listening to The John Cordray Show, number 41. Today I'm talking about PTSD, battling the war within, with Force Recon Marine and pro MMA fighter, Chad Robichaux. This is The John Cordray Show, the infusion of mental health and healthy living. Welcome to the green zone of inspiration, encouragement, and enlightenment. Discover how you can feel better so you can start living better. And now, your host, your friendly neighborhood therapist, a national certified counselor, a leading voice of emotionally healthy living, and the mental health dude, John Cordray. All right, and welcome back. Thank you for tuning in today. My name is John Cordray, and I'm the host of this show. And I'm also a licensed counselor and a national certified counselor. And I am your chief encouragement officer, your CEO. And I just want to mention real quick that this episode is brought to you by Keep Calm Academy. Keep Calm Academy is my membership a, a community that I am developing to help people keep calm from anxiety and fear and stress and anger. And I just can't wait to launch it and let you know more about it. But I just want to give you a heads up. I am working on an academy called Keep Calm Academy. It is a membership community that you can be a part of. And I will have a direct um, hands-on experience in helping you learn through tools and videos and just all kinds of community that you will not feel alone. And that's a whole reason why I'm working on this. So keep Calm Academy. Listen out for uh, more info as I go along here. I'll let you know. You'll be one of the first ones to know about it. But I just want you to uh, get, get get in on some of the first um, first talkings about it. So, okay. Let me introduce to you Chad Robinshow. This man is a, uh, just a wonderful man. I can't wait to introduce him to you. But just listen to his bio here. Chad did eight tours of duty as a force recon Marine. Eight tours. He's fought in war eight times. He is a pro MMA fighter. And if you don't know what an MMA fighter is, that's mixed martial arts fighter. He is a champion fighter. He's also a pastor. (laughs) <laughs> He's also uh, an accredited counselor through American Association of Christian Counselors. He's a husband. He's a father. And he nearly lost everything to PTSD. Chad, you'll find out in, as you listen to his story, found God and was saved and healed. And now he and his family and other special force leaders are sharing this message. Isn't that cool? Turning something that was horrible into something beautiful. I love it. And Chad runs a a Christian ministry called the Mighty Oaks Warrior Program. And it's the only PTSD faith-based program endorsed by the military. Really cool. And he teaches the principles of biblical manhood. And Mighty Oaks can boast a program that is drug-free, cost-free, faith-based. And by the grace of God, there have been no suicides after anyone has gone through the program. Wow. And you'll hear Chad talk about how often a veteran who has experienced PTSD will often 
either complete or attempt suicide. Such a tragic. Chad has also written a few books. He has two books. One is Marriage Advanced, Love Never Gives Up, a 26-week workbook for couples that addresses brokenness to, to restoration in Christ. Awesome. And then another book he co-wrote with uh, Brian Fleming, and it's called Redeployed, How Combat Veterans Can Fight the Battle Within and Win the War at Home. Great two books. And I do want to direct your attention to their website, mightyoaksprograms.org. I'll have everything on my show notes, including how you can contact Chad and find these books. And I would highly recommend that you check out the Mighty Oaks program. It is free. And that is amazing. Uh, it is a nonprofit. And that means that if you are listening to this, maybe you would like to donate and help them out because it is free to uh, those who need it, the families and the, and the veterans, but it's not free to run and to operate. So if you are so inclined, I would encourage you to go to mightyoaksprograms.org and look how look at how you can donate to their wonderful program. That would be great. Okay, let me get right to it. I want to introduce to you Chad Robinshow. Well, Chad, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on my show today. I am just so excited. I've been counting down the days, actually, to be able to uh, talk with you and, and, and for you to be able to share your story uh, with those who are listening to the show, because it just means so much to me because you have a story that I think so many thousands of veterans have very similar stories. And I know not everyone is able to work through their story and help others. And, and sometimes they get stuck and they, they get into that negative thought cycle and it could just really not only have a negative impact on themselves, but also their families. So I just can't wait. I, as a therapist, I can talk about PTSD, but that's it. I, I can only talk about it. I have not experienced it. So I want to go to the experts. I want to go to those who have gone through it so they know what it's like to be able to talk to others who know what it's like. And so I just really appreciate uh, you and your ministry, and I can't wait for my listeners to get to know you more. So welcome, 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 Chad. And, and why don't we just kind of get into your story if you have time? Sure. Sure. So, uh, I mean, you're absolutely right. You know, so many guys uh, like me have come home from Iraq and Afghanistan and, and struggled with uh, this thing, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And, you know, I certainly was, uh, was one of them. I do think and I always like to say as a veteran that you don't have to go to Iraq or Afghanistan to face uh, hardships in this world or struggle. You know, um, it just so happens that God has been able to use use me to, to reach people who I connect through, with through my story, and that's that's veterans. And uh, But I, I believe that in a million ways in this world to get hurt, but really there's only one way to, to really get better, and that's really the message that we try to proclaim is that you know not the, the problem, but there is a solution. And uh, so as we close out today, hopefully we get to speak more about the solution. But, uh, you know, for me, I, uh, you know, I was went in the Marine Corps at 17 years old. Like many people that joined the service, I, uh, it was a brand new, exciting chance to restart life again. And, uh, and I'd always wanted to be a, a Marine. My father was a Marine during Vietnam. Uh, not the best experience. Uh, he came home from Vietnam and there wasn't a program like ours. 
he uh, and he, he struggled really hard as well. So I grew up in a very, very uh, physically abusive home. A lot of uh, a, a lot of um, uh, you know, my father's you know alcohol, alcohol women, um, physical abuse, and uh, during that time, if, if you're familiar, I'm sure you are as a therapist that people that grew up in this dysfunctional home, the siblings get really close. And so my my brother and I were were very close. He's a year older than me. When I was 14 and he was 15, he was he was shot and killed. And uh, so it just, for me, it, it put me in a really um, place of isolation. And, uh, you know, my family had really fell apart during that time. So for me, going into Marine Corps was like, you know, clean slate, brand new chance at life. And, uh, but, you know, obviously I carried, you know, the baggage of childhood in, into that into that with me. And looking to the Marine Corps for a value system of uh, manhood and examples, you know, that's, you, you really teach how to be a, a Marine, but they don't really teach you how to, be a successful man. I mean, uh, I love the Marine Corps. I'm certainly not putting it down, but you know, the things that you learn, you get some uh, poor examples of, of manhood. And so, uh, those, I believe those things don't give you a, that spiritual resiliency you need to uh, experience something like combat and come back and, and bounce back from it. And so that was, you know, a lesson that I've learned, you know, through this process. Now I, I didn't get to deploy right away. I actually uh, went to Marine Corps in 1993. So there wasn't any combat or anything going on, but I had this lifelong desire to be a force recon Marine, uh, which is special operations. So I got to try out really early on and it was accepted. It was one of the greatest opportunities in my life to get to, to train and, and, and do that job. It wasn't until nine 11 happened that, you know, I mean, as everybody listening knows that's old enough to remember, you know, when those planes flew into world trade center buildings, we all knew our life was going to be different, particularly those of us who were serving. And, uh, it was a short. It was. It took about uh, to 2003 before we got to deploy. But once I deployed, I deployed eight, uh, eight cycles of special operations. Uh, actually, a joint special operations task force um, over a period of four years. And uh, you know, if you'd asked me if I was a Christian before I went to Afghanistan the first time, I would, I would probably said yes because it said it on my dog tags. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't really understand what that mean, uh, what that meant to be a man of God. And, uh, so I made this mistake that I think a lot of, um, a lot of men make in society and particularly I think veterans make is, is that I felt like I had to shelf my Christianity and my morality, my humanity, so to speak, to do this job as a warrior. And, uh, so I, I, I looking back, I know I deliberately put God out of my life in order to do this job, to be this, this warrior that I felt like I had a moral conflict with. And, and I think doing that allowed the hole to be in my heart to, that was filled with, you know, hate, uh, bitterness, and just anger. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I worked that way. I operated that way. And it worked for me. But it worked for me there. Uh, at least I thought it was. And it made me successful and driven at what I was doing. Uh, but, but when I come home, you know, I wasn't able to turn it off. So, I, you know, I would find myself in Afghanistan. And, and 24 hours later, my wife and my children are picking me up from the airport and, before we even got to my house, I wanted to be back in Afghanistan. Not so much, uh, I mean, for se- several reasons. One, I felt like me being away, whoever was replacing me wouldn't do my job. And when I got back, I'd have a mess to clean up. And, and so my arrogance in me, you know, is feeling like the guy replacing me is not going to do his job as well as me. But also, I, I felt like uh, very out of place. My wife is like this amazing Christian woman. She's, you know, she's being mom. She's being dad. She's being husband. She's being wife. She's doing all these things. And now I'm coming into her world and disrupting it. And, uh, and she's like this, to me, I'm looking at her like this great Christian lady. And I'm like this guy that feels like I've become this monster and just raging and angry. And, uh, so I felt out very out of place and, uh, and, and that continued to increase the distancing of, uh, me feeling like I was needed to protect them from me. 
because if I ever kind of wife ever knew what I was thinking or had done, I figured she'd really judge me or or uh, think I was some sort of monster. Truth was, I was being a monster in a different way with that anger I was bringing home. I would uh, I, I would actually, and I heard this from a lot of the veterans. I would it was easier for me to go back to Afghanistan than to come home from Afghanistan. It was much more. It was an easier transition for me. You know, being in Afghanistan was very simple, like black and white jobs, twenty four seven. Not much to, you know. It's a very comp- It was a very complex job what it did, but it was very clear and what what my mission was. But being home was very confusing to me. Felt very place. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a really good point, Chad. One of the things that I think a lot of people probably don't quite understand if they've never been in your shoes or the shoes who. Who uh, and veterans who have gone over uh, in in a war that there's two completely different worlds and you have to transition. And I think that transitioning from being in the war zone and always looking over your shoulder and always that you know wondering, always being vigilant to now being home with your family and there's really it doesn't sound like there was a whole lot of debriefing going on as far as accumulating into domestic life again. We'll be back after a quick break. Hi, this is Ross, the host of Smells Like Humans. Each week, we talk about the curious things that people do. This show is for you when you're in the mood for unscripted, lighthearted conversation, personal stories, and just a smattering of psychology and information you can use. I promise we will make your day pass a little faster and put a smile on your face. Sometimes silly, sometimes serious, but always fun. Please join us, because no matter who you are, we all smell like humans. Please follow the link in the show notes. No, I mean, you're talking a 24-hour turnaround, particularly. And I mean, I've seen in traditional, you know, like, Infantry type units, they might get a, a short debrief and then cut loose. Uh, in, in my in my job, in many of the special operation operations world, you know, you, you're doing this kind of rotational type thing where you come in the back independently or in a small group. So um, you know, there's not much debrief at all. You know, one day you're in Afghanistan, the next day you're in, you know, suburbia America, trying to be dad and uh, and a husband. And it just for me, it was the anger. Uh, I, I would uh, come home, and uh, my house was not a happy place to be. I mean, I was uh, my wife and kids were like on eggshells. Uh, it's, it's very shameful for me, for me to say, but it's important in this message for me to be honest that uh, you know it was it was not it was not a you know a happy place for my children. They were scared of me, and uh, that's really hard to admit. I have a beautiful, amazing family. I've been married twenty years, three amazing teenagers now. But at the time, I remember this one time. I, I love sharing the story. I hate sharing the story, but it's just such a clear picture of what happened. My, my daughter was so excited that I was, you know, dad was going to make it home in time for her birthday. And, and, uh, and, you know, she waited to delay her to be there. And, and, uh, I came home and she's very opinionated, opinionated. And she, uh, she didn't like the kind of ice icing on her cake. And she said it in front of all of her little friends. And so I got so angry. I like took my hand and grabbed her cake and just grabbed and flung it against the wall in front of all of her friends and just destroyed her, you know, her special birthday that she was so looking forward to. And, and uh, you know, that was those types of things, you know, it's just an example of like an everyday occurrence of how I behaved. And, uh, and and I knew I was wrong at the time, but I just had no control over it. 
And, uh, and so that made me feel very out of place and, uh, and that I didn't fit in that environment. And it made me want to be going more and deploy more. And when I was home, I'd find things to keep me away from them. I, was, I think I was uh, sort of trying to protect them from me, and uh, which obviously caused a great amount of division between me and my wife. And, and, um, and that, that anger would escalate. And eventually anger turned into anxiety. My job as special operations, I didn't want to share that anxiety with anyone else. I tried to push it down and keep it. And, uh, and, and I started having these, uh, my arms would go numb and my face would go numb and my throat would feel like it was closing. I didn't know what it was. Uh, and, and uh, I just kept trying to push through it. And what it was was panic attacks coming on. And eventually um, I found myself a scenario where I completely you know, broke. I had about a two-week period when I realized how bad a state I was in. I couldn't even recall the last two weeks. And, uh, and I was uh, brought home, and I went to see um, – eventually it took some time because of the clearance level of uh, my project. I took some time, but I got to see a, a counselor, and I was told I had you – know, was, that was diagnosed with uh, uh, chronic PTSD. Uh, I didn't even know what PTSD was at the time. I always make the joke that I thought it was something I contracted. When I, <laughs> but, uh, obviously, it was much more serious than that, and, um, and uh, it was, it was uh, that, begin- that was the beginning even though it might have seemed like the climactic point for me, that was the beginning of a, a very, uh, a very steep downward spiral in my life. Um, because my identity with that PTSD, uh, not being able to deploy again, my identity was gone. I built everything up that I, that I thought I was, you know, worthy of was just deploying and being this, this, uh, you know, guy doing this, what I thought at the time was the most important job on the planet. And, uh, and I was gone in a day. And, uh, so, I didn't know what else to do. My, my, I had done, that's all I had done, you know, particularly for the last four years. So my, my, I grew up doing martial arts my whole life, wrestling and doing jiu-jitsu. And I already fought professionally as a professional athlete in, in mixed martial arts. So uh, my wife and my counselor told me, why don't you try to do that? But if anybody's had panic attacks, and you may know, like for me, I felt like my body would physically stop. Or I felt like I would just die at any moment. My heart would stop. Uh, I felt like if I did anything physical, my body would just stop working. So I was scared to do that. And they convinced me I'd be okay. And, and I got on those wrestling mats. And I tell you, when I got on those wrestling mats for the first time, I felt like I found the cure. Because when I was grappling, my mind was so engaged, uh, I couldn't think of anything else. So I was like, this is it. This is what, this is what I need to be doing. And, you know, a, a medicine for a sickness. And uh, so I took this thing. It was good for me, this, this uh, jiu-jitsu and wrestling, and, and I abused it. I spent uh, 10, 12 hours a day on those wrestling mats. I started a school. I started fighting professionally again. My school built, blew up to be, uh, about 1,000 students, and, and I was ranked number one in the U.S., number six in the world as a flyweight. And I fought in you know, all the biggest shows, Strikeforce and Bellator, and, and uh, won the first legacy uh, belt on HDNet and fighting the main event on MTV. I was like on top of the world, and – and, uh, and on the outside, it looked like, you know, everything was together, but my home was still that, that unstable place. My family was still falling apart. Me and my wife had become separate in our own homes and the anger was still there. The panic attacks were still there. I was just hiding it with this facade of success. And I put myself in a position to where, and through that success that I had no accountability. I surrounded myself with people that just told me what I wanted to hear. No one to tell me what I needed to hear and that I needed to, you know, uh, fix my, my family and, and, uh, and that I need to deal with this, this PTSD thing. But eventually a situation like that comes crashing down. And, and for me, it did, you know, uh, we, we ended up, uh, separating, selling our home, 
um, I, I was in a, uh, I ended up in an affair with, with, uh, say other woman, other women. And, um, and my wife, I didn't, I didn't care. My wife, uh, you know, was just an amazing, uh, woman through this, which, you know, showed me the grace to try to give me time to heal, but I was continually trying to move on. I, I but I thought I wanted to be separate from my wife, but that initial time that I spent alone in an apartment, which was about three months, it was a time that I actually had a chance to reflect on the damage that I had done. And, uh, you know, you know there's 23 suicides a day, uh, 85% divorce rate in combat veterans. And, and um, you know, we obviously were facing divorce, but I'd always struggled with the thought of suicide, but it was never to take myself out of my pain. It was to, I seen this problem. And in particular at that moment, I looked back and realized that everyone I was blaming, you know, my dad, my the military, Afghanistan, my wife for not understanding, my counselors, my command, like all these people I was blaming that time gave me a chance to reflect and said it was me. And uh, for me to understand that it was me, um, realized that I was a problem. I'm kind of a problem solver. So I thought if I could remove myself from the problem, my family's going to be better off. And that's when I really struggled with uh, with, with suicide. And um, and I would sit you know, in my closet in, in this apartment and contemplate how, you know, uh, who would clean it up, who would find me. Um, and it, but I'd heard a statistic that one in three children after a suicide will take their life. And, um, and so that kept staying in my head and I was, didn't want to leave the legacy for our kids. So I was thinking about accidents and, and, uh, during this time, my wife came to me with the divorce papers, they were all signed. And she asked me this question and this question like, um, has, has been kind of the cornerstone of our ministry and it really it radically changed my life and propelled us to where we are now is she asked me how could I have been, um, successful in all the professional things in my life, you know, the, uh, being a force recon marine, these deployments, these crazy deployments we do in the workups. She got to watch me do our whole life. Uh, she, we've been together since we were 17 and 18 years old. And uh, the professional MMA stuff and training, she'd see me cut 35 pounds to make weight for fights and train and fight for these world titles. And she's like, how can you do all those things? And when it comes to your family, you'll quit. And, uh, and I think she just wanted to know the answer to that question. Uh, I don't think she really was looking for a restoration, but – for, for for me, that question, it just like cornered me and I had to make a decision. I mean, once she was right and you know, I don't like being wrong and I don't like being called a quitter. And, uh, but she was, you know, I, I did both. I, I was, I was wrong and I quit in the most important things in my life. And so I had to make a decision right there that I was going to, uh, turn things around. I didn't know how to do it, but one thing I knew really clear was that I, I couldn't do it without anybody to hold me accountable. I knew that. And, uh, and as I inventory my life with all these thousand students and MMA fans and people that I trained with, I have anyone to hold me accountable my wife had been going to this church and i asked her for some help to find someone to come along. a mentor named steve toth came alongside of me and he looked at my plan i actually wrote a plan on a paper of how i was gonna put my life back together and he said well it's missing one part and that's why it's gonna fail and that's uh your relationship with god and so i, I allowed this man to walk me into a uh a brand new relationship with christ and uh walk me through a, a year-long mentorship process of what it was like what it really looked like to be a man of god and uh, it seems like a pretty you know, simple thing at the time. I was working on things like character and discipline and what the Bible says about these things. But what I didn't realize at the time was I was actually either calibrating for the very first time or recalibrating my life to the life that God intended me to live. And, and through that process of that year of doing this, this big PTSD thing that was controlling not just me, but my family and everybody around me became something that was a set of memories. The anxiety went away. I went from the medications I was on to no medications. I went from, you know, uh, just verbally and 
you know, mentally abusing my family to being this, uh, you know, the man and, and husband and father and leader in my family in just such a short and rapid period of time. And, and, and I wanted to know what happened to me. And that's when I first got involved in American Association of Christian Counselors. I wanted to know what happened. And I wanted to see. Uh, so I took this class and learned about PTSD from a creation standpoint. And uh, through, during that class, I realized how many other people were suffering like me. You see, I thought I was the only one. I thought no one else was going through this but me. And so I realized that 23 suicides a day and the divorce rate. And, and I was like, it was kind of like one of those moments where somebody's got to do something about this, you know, and why not me? I, I, I felt like at the time that I had stage four terminal cancer in my marriage and my life and we were dying and I found the cure and I had to share it. Uh, you know, I, I tried everything. I tried all the counseling. I tried the, the pills. I tried everything for PTSD and nothing worked. But when I simply aligned my life with the life that God intended me to live, to be the man that God created me to be, this PTSD thing was went away. And uh, of course I remember things still, but it was how I responded to them was different. And, uh, and so uh, I, you know, I felt called to that moment to start uh, to give back what Steve had given to me and what God had did for me and my wife had did for me. I felt like compelled to give it back. And now, four years later, only, you know, a little four years later, we have 808 guys that have come through our program and we've been able to give that same gift back. And, uh, and many of the people we have come through are extremely suicidal. We do we get active duty military that comes to us in orders that are worst case scenarios you can imagine. And uh, we've had zero suicides in that, in that, uh, in that demographic of 800 day graduates that we have. And it's been just amazing to see it. So something that seems so complex, so simple when you just simply, uh, walk people through a path of a line in your life, the life they were intended to live, read the instructions for <laughs> 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 life. And that's, uh, you know, I, I had to learn it the hard way. And, uh, and I think many of us do sometimes. Well, I, I think you are exactly right. Chad, you, you brought something up that I wanted just to, to highlight for a moment and you were talking about you kept looking and searching for something to fill that void. You knew you had a void. And so you, you, did, you did several different things. You did it very well. But I think the one time, that moment that you just talked about with your wife coming to you with the divorce papers and, and thinking back how you treated uh, you know, your kids with your anger and everything, you realized that all these other things that you were blaming and pointing a finger towards, you realized that it was actually you that needed to change rather than everybody around you. And I think you hit something I think very important because a lot of people that I know with PTSD, they do point the finger at other people and they don't really realize that, oh, I'm the problem. I'm the one that needs to get help. And for you to be able to be humble and realize that nothing can that you search for and strive for will ever fill that void, except for Christ. That's right. I mean, it's a. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, even if you're not the problem, the the point is you can never control or change someone else. Uh, you can only control yourself. And and uh, for me, you know, I, I you know, in my case, I was the problem. But uh, you know, my wife's case, she she wasn't the problem. But she even um, but I look at her situation, and she uh, she. Her, her resolution in it was was changing her, even though she wasn't a problem. She was, uh, while I was doing all this, she was at a church on her knees, you know, and she says, you know, she was praying to God that, you know, God, show me how to love Chad the way you love Chad. Help me to forgive him the way you forgive him. Help me to see him the way you see him. And uh, change change her. She's saying, she's saying, you know, change my heart. Give him a new life. Let him be me. Like, and, uh, and she was, you know, 
So I look at my situation when I was the one that needed to be changed, not trying to change the world around me, mm. focus on myself, but her, you know, she was doing everything. To me, she was doing everything right. She said she had some self-correction, but she was still praying to focus on herself. And that, that's where the restoration came from. She, um, you know, one of the things we tell our guys when they come to our program, it's a pretty simple statement, but it's a, probably one of the most impactful things if you really think about it. It's uh, if what you're doing isn't working, then why not try something different? And uh, most of the guys that we have come to our program have tried everything. And uh, they banged their head against the wall for a long time. And uh, for me, that was me uh, coming to that point to know everything I tried before didn't work. So why not try something different in giving uh, Christ a chance and in giving God a chance in your life? I love that, Chad. And, and while we're talking about that, there's, there's a couple of books that I wanted to highlight. Uh, the first one, uh, you were talking about you and your wife. And, and uh, this is a book that I am really excited about. This is a devotion that you and your wife can kind of co-written, right? You, you both worked on this as a devotion. Is it primarily for uh, couples with one of the spouses that struggle with PTSD, or could it be for any marriage? I think it could be for any marriage. Like I said, uh, you just have to you know, go through life to experience uh, hardship. And if you haven't, then get married. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, you know, there's going to be, uh, you know, trials and testing of each other. But, uh, you know, um, the point is, you know, we talk about 23 suicides a day, the divorce rate in veterans, and then just marriage, the marriage divorce rate in America. And, uh, you know, the, you can talk about all those negative things all you want, but the truth is there is a solution. And uh, just like I aligned my life with the, being a man that God created me to be to find success um, I, in our marriage, we aligned our marriage with the marriage covenant that God intended us to live in. And in doing that, you also find success, and we have in our marriage. Uh, Kathy and I just have seen so many struggling couples, and we had been so blessed to work with other couples that we wanted to take our story and put it in a story that could uh, uh, be put in the way that's a 26-week testimonial Workbook based workbook to help other couples and um, and that's what we did. It's kind of uh, it's kind of sad that we could write twenty six weeks of drama in one book, but uh, <laughs> but I can assure you that the ending is is good. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, and I just want to mention the name, uh, the title of the book, and I also will put all the information on my show notes in case I'm sure a lot of people are interested in this. And it's it's called Marriage Advance: Love Never Gives Up. I just love that title. That is so true. Excellent. Well, Chad, I, I, uh, just a few minutes remaining. I want to talk a little bit about your second book uh, called Redeployed. And this is a book that I know was ranked number one on the Amazon bestseller list. That's exciting. Congratulations uh, to that as well. Can, tell us just a little bit about this book. Well, that's, that book is uh, actually wrote first. It was one of the ones uh, when I first started doing Mighty Oaks, we wanted to uh, leverage the platform guy gave me as an athlete to reach uh, veterans and bring um, you know bring people know, uh, to awareness of what's going on and that there is actually help. Uh, so redeployed is about uh, me and this guy Brian, who Brian was blown up by a suicide bomber. Uh, I came home with a very different scenario where I came home uh, struggling with PTSD, and so we came home and, and uh, both of us came home to a new war. So that redeployed is that we're being redeployed to new war, the war within ourselves and the war at home. And how we both individually fought those uh, battles to get back to you know back on our feet again, and uh, so I think we both took um, you know different struggles, different paths, but I both found ourselves you know um, in a successful position now. Fantastic, fantastic. fantastic. Uh, tell us a little bit about your program, and if someone's listening to this who is struggling with something similar 
uh, that you went through and they're wanting and, and maybe they've tried everything. And yet, just like you said a little bit ago, why not this? Why not try this? Yeah. What, what can they do? Where can they go to sign up for this? Yeah, so that's that question. You know, if, if you're listening to this right now and you're a veteran or a spouse, uh, you know, if what you're doing is working, then why not try something different? And uh, that different is, uh, is to align your, simply align your life, being a man, the woman, or the person that God created you to be. And uh, fortunately, our programs are free, um, so at no cost. Um, we, uh, it's free to veterans and it's free to the military. We have, uh, we receive, uh, active duty military. So we've been vetted and approved, uh, through the military. They get every month we get them sent to us on orders and, um, you just go to mightyoaksprograms.org and you can learn more about the programs. We have a men's program. We have a women's program. We have a marriage program and we have a mentorship program, which works, works both ways. Uh, we, we have 808 alumni. So if there's any pastors or Guys like yourself out there that are interested in, in getting involved in our mentorship program, we always need support in that. But, the pro, again, the program's free, and it's uh, six-day camps, and uh, you just get online, fill out an application, and someone will get back to you within 48 hours. And, uh, and also, if you're, if you're not a veteran but you maybe know someone, um, or even if you don't know someone right now, write that website down because you never know and God will cross your path with someone that could – this could save their life. I mean, literally, we're dealing with – we're talking 23 – suicides a day that's almost one every hour and probably is because only 21 of those states report uh, uh so there's no telling how many there really is but you never know when somebody's come to you with a story and, and you say hey i was listening to this and and check out this website and uh plug somebody into the very thing that may a guy could use to to not only change them that program's not just about saving their lives we tell them from the right right from the beginning that they're being put in a position to help the next guy and uh, we have a discipleship model built in all of our instructors all of our team leaders, everybody in our program has came through the program. So it's based off of, you know, their personal testimony and what's happened in their life. Fantastic. And, and again, that website is mightyoaksprogram.org. Mightyoaksprograms.org. And I will have this on my show notes. Please go and check this out. Sign up for it. You can't beat the price. It is free. And you cannot beat the, the help and the resources that you'll receive. Fantastic. Well, Chad, I don't want to take up any more of your time. This has been a tremendous blessing to me, and I know it's been a blessing to my listeners as well. I would venture to say that most of the people listening to the show probably knows at least one veteran who probably struggles with PTSD. And I hope if you take one thing out of this, I, I hope that, that you'll remember to not be ashamed if you have PTSD and there is a stigma, but I don't want the stigma and, and Chad, you and I are very similar in this. We want to fight against that stigma and we want to embrace and help those with PTSD. You no longer have to suffer in silence. There are people out there who want to help, who are willing to help. You just have to reach out to them and uh, Chad and, and the mighty Oaks programs. Yes. That is the, the place that I would highly recommend that you look into and purchase his books as well. All that's going to be on my show notes. Well, uh, Chad, I am going to let you go. One last uh, encouragement, if you will, to those who are struggling or maybe a family member who has a family member who is struggling with PTS. What would be something that you would encourage them with? You know, I mean, I think the biggest thing is to know that there is hope. There, there is it made it in the darkest moment you're in to know that there's light around the corner, but you can't try to do it alone. You have to reach out and get help. And there are people that help. And, and speaking of help, you know, uh, 
you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about it, but we do need, we do need help to do what we do. And if anybody's interested in supporting, uh, you know, everything we do, we don't work on grants or all we do is work off of donations. So anybody that's interested in helping a veteran, scholarshiping a veteran to come to our program, you know, get on that same website and, uh, we, you know, very appreciate your support. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much, Chad. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day. And uh, I, I just pray that your ministry will flourish and that you will be blessed as you bless others. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to listen to this. I'm sure you were blessed to hear Chad's story as, as much as I was. I hope you were. And I would definitely encourage you to check out MightyOaksPrograms.org. And if you or someone you know suffers from PTSD because of their uh, a time in the military, they're a veteran, please, please, please check out Mighty Oaks Programs. It is free. And if you would like to donate uh, because it's not free to run and operate, uh, please go to MightyOaksPrograms.org as well. You can find out more information on my show notes. Please uh, go to my website as well. I'll have it there at johncordray.com. Listen to me on iTunes, and you can go there at johncordray.com slash iTunes. That would be great. And as always, you can find me on social media at John P. Cordray on Twitter and Periscope. So please follow me there. That would be great. All right, so don't forget this episode was brought to you by Keep Calm Academy, and Keep Calm Academy is a membership community that I am working on uh, to help people learn to keep calm from anxiety and depression and fear and stress and anger. Uh, My goal is to help as many people as I can work through their struggles, and it is a membership community. And I say community because I want it to be a place where you're not alone where you can share and talk and meet with other people going through similar experiences as you. And I want to offer it as a, as a way that's affordable as well, uh, but I'm still working on it. It's not available yet, uh, but I wanted to let you know. So this show uh, episode was brought to you by Keep Calm Academy. I will let you know more as time goes on. Thank you, my friends. Have a great rest of the day. Don't forget, I am your Chief Encouragement Officer, your CEO. Take care, my friends. I appreciate you so much. Bye-bye. You have been listening to The John Cordray Show. Remember, your story isn't over yet. Together, we can break the stigma of mental health. Together, we can make a difference. Be sure to catch the next episode of The John Cordray Show. Until next time, stay in the green zone.